Someone is coming now. No. No, it is no one. Of course no one will come today, Christmas Day, nor tomorrow either. But perhaps... No, there's nothing in the letterbox. It is quite empty. If only I dared go out. If only no one would come. If only I could be sure. Nothing would happen here in the meantime. Oh, stuff and nonsense. No one will come. Only I mustn't think about it. Out of my thoughts. Out of my thoughts. Oh. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Ah! Oh, there is someone coming. Oh! Oh, it's you, Christine. There is no one else out there, is there? Oh, how good of you to come. I heard you were up asking for me. Yes, I was passing by. As a matter of fact, it is something you could help me with. Let us sit down here on the sofa. Look here, tomorrow evening there is to be a fancy dress ball at the Stenborgs who live above us. And Torvald wants me to go as a Neapolitan fisher girl and dance the Tarantella that I learned at Capri. Look, here's the dress. Torvald had it made for me there, but now it's so torn and I haven't any idea how... Oh, we will easily put that right. It's only some of the trimming come unsewn here and there. Needle and thread? Now then, that's all we want. Oh, it is nice of you. So you're going to be dressed up tomorrow, Nora? I'll tell you what, I shall come in for a moment and see you in your fine feathers. Oh, but I've completely forgotten to thank you for a delightful evening yesterday. Well, I don't think yesterday was as pleasant as usual. You ought to have come to town a little earlier, Christine. Certainly Torvald does understand how to make a house dainty and attractive. And so do you, which seems to me. You're not your father's daughter for nothing. But tell me, is Dr Rank always as depressed as she was yesterday? No. Yesterday it was very noticeable. I must tell you that she suffers from a very dangerous disease. She has consumption of the spine, poor creature. Her father was a horrible man who committed all sorts of excesses, and that is why his daughter was sickly from childhood, do you understand? But, my dearest Nora, how do you know about such things? Oh, <laughs> Pooh, when you have three children, you get visits now and then from... from married women who know something of medical matters, and they talk about one thing and another. Does Dr Rank come here every day? Every day, regularly. She is Torvald's closest friend and a great friend of mine, too. She is just like one of the family. But tell me this. Is she perfectly sincere? I mean, isn't she the kind of woman that is very anxious to make herself agreeable? Not in the least. What makes you think that? When you introduced her to me yesterday, she declared that she had often heard my name mentioned in this house. But afterwards I noticed that your husband hadn't the slightest idea who I was. So how could Dr Rank... That is quite right, Christine. Torvald is so absurdly fond of me that he wants me absolutely to himself, as he says. 
At first, he used to seem almost jealous if I mentioned to any of the dear folk at home, so naturally I gave up doing so. But I often talk about such things with Dr. Rank because she likes hearing about them. Listen to me, Nora. You are still very like a child in many things, and I am older than you in many ways and have a little more experience. Let me tell you this. You ought to make an end of it with Dr. Rank. What I ought to make an end of? Of two things, I think. Yesterday you talked some nonsense about a rich admirer who was to leave you money and... An admirer who doesn't exist, unfortunately. But what then? Is Dr. Rank a woman of means? Yes, she is. And has no one to provide for? No, no one, but... And comes here every day? Yes, as I told you so. <laughs> but how can this well-bred woman be so tactless? I don't understand you at all. Oh, don't prevaricate, Nora. Do you suppose I don't guess who lent you the £250? Are you out of your senses? How can you think of such a thing? A friend of ours who comes here every day, do you realise what a horribly painful position that would be? Then it really isn't she? No, certainly not. It would never have entered into my mind for a moment. Besides, she had no money to lend then. She came into her money afterwards. Well, I think that was lucky for you, my dear Nora. No, it would... It would never have come into my mind to ask Dr Rank. Although I am quite sure that if I had asked her... But of course, you won't. Of course not. I have no reason to think it could possibly be necessary. But I am quite sure that if I told Dr Rank... Behind your husband's back? I must make an end of it with the other one. And that will be behind his back too. I must make an end of it with him. When you pay off a debt, you get your bond back, don't you? Yes, as a matter of course. And I can tear it into a hundred thousand pieces and burn it up the nasty, dirty paper. Nora, you are concealing something from me. Do I look as if I were? Something has happened to you since yesterday morning. Nora, what is it? Christine. Hush. There's Torvald come home. Do you mind going into the children for present? Torvald can't bear to see dressmaking going on. Let Anne help you. Certainly. But I'm not going away from here until we have had it out with one another. I have wanted you so much, Torvald, dear. Is that the dressmaker? No, it was Christine. She is helping me to put my dress in order. You will see I shall look quite smart. Wasn't that a happy thought of mine now? Splendid! But don't you think it was nice of me too, to do as you wish? Nice! Because you do as your husband wishes. Well, well, you little rogue. I'm sure you did not mean it in that way. But I am not going to disturb you. You will want to be trying on your dress, I expect. Torvald? Yes? If your little squirrel were to ask you for something very, very prettily... What then? Would you do it? I should like to hear what it is first. Your squirrel would run around and do all of her tricks if you would be so nice and do what she wants. Speak, 
plainly. I would play the fairy and dance for you in the moonlight, Torvald. Nora, you surely don't mean that request you made to me this morning. Yes, Torvald, I beg you so earnestly. Have you really the courage to open up that question again? Yes, dear. You must do as I ask. You must let Krogstad keep his post at the bank. My dear Nora, it is his post that I have arranged Mrs Lynn shall have. Yes, and you have been so awfully kind about that. But you could just as well dismiss some other clerk instead of Krogstad. This is simply incredible obstinacy. Because you chose to give him a thoughtless promise that you would speak for him, I am expected to... That is not the reason, Torvald. It is for your own sake this fellow writes in the most scurrilous newspapers. You have told me so yourself. He can do you an unspeakable amount of harm, and I am frightened to death of him. Ah, I understand. It is recollections of the past that scare you. What do you mean? Naturally, you are thinking of your father. Yes. Yes, of course. Just recall your mind to what these malicious creatures wrote in the papers about Papa and how horribly they slandered him. I believe they would have procured his dismissal if the department had not sent you over to inquire into it and if you had not been so kindly disposed and helpful to him. My little Nora, there is an important difference between your father and me. Your father's reputation as a public official was not above suspicion. Mine is, and I hope it will continue to be so as long as I hold my office. You never can tell what mischief these men can contrive. We ought to be so well off, so snug and happy here in our peaceful home and have no cares. You and I and the children, Torval, this is why I beg you so earnestly. And it is just by interceding for him that you make it impossible for me to keep him. It is already known at the bank that I mean to dismiss Krogstad. Is it to get about now that the new manager has changed his mind at his wife's bidding? And what if it did? Of course! <laughs> if only this obstinate little person can get her way. Do you suppose I'm going to make myself ridiculous before my whole staff? To let people think that I am a man to be swayed by all sorts of outside influence? I should very soon feel the consequences of it, I can tell you. And besides... There is one thing that makes it quite impossible for me to have Krogstad in the bank as long as I am manager. Whatever is that? His moral failings I might perhaps have overlooked if necessary, and I hear he is a good worker too, but I knew him when we were boys. It was one of those rash friendships that so often prove an incubus in afterlife. I, I may as well tell you plainly, we were once on very intimate terms with one another but this tactless fellow lays no restraint on himself when other people are present. On the contrary, he thinks it gives him the right to adopt a familiar tone with me, and every minute it is, I say, Helmer, old fellow, and that sort of thing. I assure you it- Torvald, I don't believe you mean that. Don't you? Why not? Because it is such a narrow-minded way of looking at things. What are you saying? Narrow-minded? Do you think I am narrow-minded? No! No, just the opposite, dear, and it is exactly for that reason. It's the same thing. You say my point of view is narrow-minded, so I must be too narrow-minded. Very well. I must put an end to this. Helen! What are you going to do? Settle it. Look here, take this letter and go downstairs with it at once. Find a messenger and tell him to deliver it and be quick. The address is on it and here is the money.
Torvald, what was that letter? Krogstad's dismissal. Call her back, Torvald. There is still time. Oh, Torvald, call her back. Do it for my sake. For your own sake. For the children's sake. Do you hear me, Torvald? Call her back. You don't know what that letter can bring upon us. My dear Nora, I can forgive the anxiety you are in, although really it is an insult to me. It is indeed. Isn't it an insult to think that I should be afraid of a starving quill driver's vengeance? But... I forgive you, nevertheless, because it is such eloquent witness to your great love for me. And that is as it should be, my own darling Nora. Come what will, you may be sure I shall have both courage and strength if they be needed. You will see I am man enough to take everything upon myself. What do you mean by that? Everything, I say. You will never have to do that. That's right. Well, we will share it, Nora. As man and wife should, that is how it shall be. Now you must go through and play the tarantella and practice with your tambourine. I shall go into the inner office and shut the door, and I shall hear nothing. You can make as much noise as you please. And uh, when rank comes, tell her where she will find me. No, not that. Never, never anything rather than that. Oh, for some help. Some way out of it. Dr. Rank. Oh, anything rather than that. Anything, whatever it is. Good day, Dr. Rank. You mustn't go into Torvald now. I think he is busy with something. And you? Oh, you know very well I always have time for you. You, I shall make as much use of it as I can. What do you mean by that? As much of it as you can. Well, does that alarm you? It was just a, such a strange way of putting it. Is anything likely to happen? Nothing but what I have long been prepared for. But I certainly didn't expect it to happen so soon. What have you found out? Dr. Rank, you must tell me. It's all up with me and it can't be helped. Is it about yourself? Who else? It's no use lying to oneself. I am the most wretched of all of my patients, Mrs Helmer. Lately I've been taking stock of my internal economy. Bankrupt! <laughs> Probably within the month I shall lie rotting in the churchyard. Oh, what an ugly thing to say! The thing itself is cursedly ugly. And the worst of it is I shall have to face so much more that it's ugly before that. I shall only make one more examination of myself. When I have done that, I shall know pretty certainly when it will be that the horrors of dissolution will begin. There is something I want to tell you. Helmer's refined nature gives him a quite unconquerable disgust at everything that is ugly. I won't have him in my sick room, not on any account. I bar my door to him. As soon as I am quite certain that the moment that the worst has come, I shall send you my card with a black cross on it, and then you will know that the loathsome end has begun. You are quite absurd today. And I wanted so much for you to be in really good humour. Oh, it's a laughing matter. 
the whole thing. My poor innocent spine has to suffer for my father's youthful amusements. I suppose you mean that he was too partial to asparagus and pâté de foie gras, don't you? Yes, and to truffles. Ah, truffles, yes. <laughs> and oysters too, I suppose. And heaps of port and champagne. <laughs> it is sad to think that all these nice things should take their revenge on our bones. Especially when they should revenge themselves on the unlucky bones who are on those who have not yet had the satisfaction of enjoying them. Yes, that's the saddest part of it all. <laughs> Why did you smile? No, it was you that laughed. <laughs> no, it was you that smiled, Dr. Rank. You are a greater rascal than I thought. <laughs> I am in a silly mood today. <laughs> so it seems. Dear, dear Dr. Rank, death mustn't take you away from Torvald and me. It's a loss you will easily recover from. Those who are gone are soon forgotten. Do you believe that? People form new ties and then... Who will form new ties? Both, you and Helmer, when I'm gone. You yourself are already on the high road to it, I think. What did Mrs Lind want here last night? Oh, <laughs> you mean to say that you are jealous of poor Christine? Yes, I am. She will be my successor in this house. When I'm done for, this woman will... Hush, hush, don't speak so loud, she's in that room. Today, again, there, you see? She has only come to sew my dress for me. Bless my soul, how unreasonable you are. Be nice now, Dr. Rank, and tomorrow you will see how beautifully I shall dance. And you can imagine I am doing it all for you. And for Torvald, too, of course. <laughs> Dr. Rank, come and sit down here, and I will show you something. What is it? Just look at those. Silk stockings. Flesh-coloured. Aren't they lovely? It is so dark in here now, but tomorrow... <laughs> no, 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 no. You must only look at the feet. Oh, well. You may have leave to look at the legs, too. Why are you being so critical? Do you not think that they fit? I have no means of forming an opinion about that. <laughs> For shame. And what other nice things am I allowed to see? Not a single thing more for being so naughty. <sighs> when I'm sitting here, talking to you as intimately as this... I cannot imagine for a moment what would have become of me if I had never come into this house. I believe you do feel thoroughly at home with us. And to be obliged to leave it all. And not be able to leave behind one of the slightest token of one's gratitude. Scarcely even a fleeting regret. Nothing but an empty space which the first comer can fill as any other. And if I asked you now for a... a no. <laughs> for a what? For a big proof of your friendship. Yes, yes. I mean, a tremendously big favour. Would you make me so happy for once? 
Ah, but you don't know what it is yet. No, but tell me. Oh, I really can't, Dr. Rank. It is something out of all reason. It means advice and help and a favour. The bigger thing, the better. I can't conceive what it is that you mean. Do tell me. Haven't I your confidence? More than anyone else. I know you are my truest and best friend. And so I will tell you what it is. You know how devotedly, how inexpressibly deeply Torvord loves me. He would never for a moment hesitate to give his life for me. Nora, do you think he is the only one? The only one? The only one who would gladly give his life for your sake. I was determined that you should know before I went away. And there will never be as better opportunities than this. Now you know it, Nora. And now you know too that you can trust me as you trust no one else. Let me pass. Nora! Dear Dr. Rank, that was really horrid of you. To have loved you as much as anyone else does. Was that horrid? No, but to go and tell me so. There really was no need. What do you mean? Did you know? Nora, M Mrs. Mrs. Helmer, tell me, had you any idea of this? Oh, how do I know whether I had or whether I hadn't? I really can't tell you. To think you could be so clumsy, Dr. Rank. We were getting on so nicely. Well, at all the events, you know now what you command me, body and soul. So won't you speak out? I can't tell you anything now. You can do nothing for me. Besides, I really don't need your help at all. You will find that the whole thing is merely a fancy on my part. It really is so. Of course it is. You are a nice sort of woman, Dr. Rank, but don't you feel ashamed of yourself? Not a bit. Perhaps I'd better go. Forever? No. Indeed you shall not. Of course, you must come here just as before. You know very well Torvald can't do without you. Yes. But you? Oh, I am always tremendously pleased when you come. It's just that. And that put me on the wrong track. You are a riddle to me. I have often thought that you would almost be as soon in my company than as in Helmer's. Yes. You see, there are some people one loves best, and others whom one would almost always rather have as companions. Yes, there's something in that. When I was at home, of course I loved Papa best. But I always thought it tremendous fun if I could steal down into the maids' room because they never moralised at all and talked to each other about such entertaining things. I see. It is their place I have taken. Oh, dear nice Dr. Rank, I never meant that at all. But surely you can understand that being with Torvald is like being with Papa. 
Oh, I mustn't keep you any longer. I should go in and see Torvald. Of course. Just go into him. He is sitting in the inner room. Oh. This dreadful thing is going to happen. And it will happen in spite of me. No. No, 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 it can't happen. It shan't happen. Speak low. My husband is at home. No matter about that. What do you want of me? You know, I suppose, that I have got my dismissal. I couldn't prevent it, Mr Krogstad. I fought as hard as I could on your side, but it was no good. Does your husband love you so little, then? He knows what I can expose you to, and yet he ventures to... How can you suppose that he has any knowledge of the sort? I didn't suppose so at all. It would not be the least like our dear Torvald Helmer to show so much courage. Mr Krogstad, a little respect for my husband, please. Certainly. All the respect he deserves. But since you have kept the matter so carefully to yourself, I make bold to suppose that you have a little clearer idea than you had yesterday of what it actually is that you have done. More than you could ever teach me. <laughs> yes, such a bad lawyer as I am. What is it you want of me? Only to see how you were, Mrs Helmer. I have been thinking about you all day long. A mere cashier, a quill driver, a, well, a man like me. Even he has a little of what is called feeling, you know? Show it, then. Think of my children. <laughs> Have you and your husband thought of mine? But never mind about that. I only wanted to tell you that you need not take this matter too seriously. In the first place, there will be no accusation made on my part... The whole thing can be arranged amicably. There is no reason why anyone should know anything about it. It will remain a secret between us three. My husband must never get to know anything about it. How will you be able to prevent it? Am I to understand that you can pay the balance that is owing? No, not just at present. Well, in any case... It would have been of no use to you now. If you stood there with ever so much money in your hand, I would not part with your bond. Tell me what purpose you mean to put it to. I shall only preserve it, keep it in my possession. No one who is not concerned in the matter shall have the slightest hint of it, so that if the thought of it has driven you to any desperate resolution, if you had it in your mind to run away from home, or even something worse... How could you know that? Give up the idea. H how did you know I had thought of that? Most of us think of that at first. I did too. But I hadn't the courage. No more had I. No. That's it, isn't it? You hadn't the courage either. N no I haven't. I haven't. Besides, it would have been a great piece of folly. Once the first storm at home is over, 
I have a letter for your husband in my pocket. Telling him everything? In as lenient a manner as I could. He mustn't get the letter. Tear it up. I will find some means of getting money. Excuse me, Mrs. Helmer, but I think I told you just now that... I am not speaking of what I owe you. Tell me what sum you are asking my husband for and I will get the money. I am not asking your husband for a penny. What do you want then? I will tell you. I want to rehabilitate myself, Mrs. Helmer. I want to get on and in that your husband must help me. For the last year and a half, I have not had a hand in anything dishonourable. Amid all that time, I have been struggling in most restricted circumstances. I was content to work my way up, step by step. Now I am turned out, and I am not going to be satisfied with merely being taken in to favour again. I want to get on, I tell you. I want to get into the bank again, in a higher position. Your husband must make a place for me. That he will never do. He will. I know him. He dare not protest. And as soon as I am in there again with him, then you will see. Within a year, I shall be the manager's right hand. It will be Nils Krogstad and not Torvald Helmer who manages the bank. That's a thing that you will never see. Do you mean that you will... I have the courage enough for it now. Under the ice, perhaps. Down into the cold, cold black water. And then in the spring to float up to the surface, all horrible and unrecognisable, with your hair fallen out and... You can't frighten me. Nor you me. People don't do such things, Mrs Helmer. Besides, what use would it be? I should have him completely in my power all the same. Afterwards, when I am no longer... Have you forgotten that it is I who have the keeping of your reputation? Well, now I have warned you. Do not do anything foolish. When Helmer has had my letter, I shall expect a message from him. And be sure you remember that it is your husband himself who has forced me into such ways as this again. I will never forgive him for that. Goodbye, Mrs. Helmer. He is going. He is not putting the letter in the box. Oh, no. No, that's impossible. What is that? He is standing outside. He, he is not going downstairs. Is he hesitating? Can he... Oh! It's in the letterbox. There it lies, Torvald. Torvald, there is no hope for us now. There. I can't see anything more to mend now. Would you like to try it on? What is the matter with you? You look so agitated. Come here. Do you see that letter? There, look. You can see it through the glass in the letterbox. Yes, I see it. That letter is from Krogstad. Nora, it was Krogstad who lent you the money. Yes, and now Torvald will know all about it.
Believe me, Nora, that's the best thing for both of you. You don't know at all. I forged a name. Good heavens. I only want to say this to you, Christine. You must be my witness. Your witness? What do you mean? What am I to... If I should go out of my mind, and it might easily happen. Nora. Or if anything else should happen to me. Anything, for instance, that might prevent my being here. Nora. Nora, you are quite out of your mind. And if it should happen that there was someone who wanted to take all the responsibility... All the blame, do you understand? You must be my witness that that is not true, Christine. I am not out of my mind at all. I am in my right senses now. And I tell you that no one else has known anything about it. I, and I alone, did the whole thing. Remember that. I will, indeed. But I don't understand all this. <laughs> How should you understand it? A wonderful thing is going to happen. But it is so terrible, Christine, it mustn't happen, not for all the world. I will go at once and see Krogstad. Don't go to him. He will do you some harm. There was a time when he would gladly do anything for my sake. Nora! Oh, what's that? What do you want? Uh, don't be so frightened, we're not coming in. You have locked the door. Are you trying on your dress? Yes, that's it. <laughs> I look so nice, Torvald. It's hopeless. The letter is lying there in the box. And your husband keeps the key? Yes, always. Krogstad must ask for his letter back, unread. He must find some pretense... But it is just at this time that Torvald generally... You must delay him. Go into him in the meantime. I will come back as soon as I can. Torvald! Well, may I venture at last to come into my own room again? Come along, Rank. Now you will see... But what is this? What is what, dear? Why, well, I, I expected a splendid transformation. Yes. Uh, nobody is to have the chance of admiring me in my dress until tomorrow. But, my dear Nora, you look so worn out. Have you been practising too much? No, I have not practised at all. But you will need to. Yes, indeed I shall, Torvald, but I can't get on a bit without your helping me. I have absolutely forgotten the whole thing. Oh, we will soon work it up again. Yes. Help me, Torvald. Promise me that you will. I am so nervous about it. All the people. You must give yourself up to me entirely this evening, not the tiniest bit of business. You mustn't even take a pen in your hand, will you promise me, Torval, dear? I promise. This evening I will be wholly and absolutely at your service, you helpless little mortal. Ah, by the way, first of all, I will just... What are you going to do there? Uh, only see if any letters have come. No! Uh, no! Don't do that, Torvald. Why not? Torvald, please don't. There's nothing there. Well, let me look. Ah! Don't practice with me. Are you really so afraid of it, dear? Yes. So dreadfully afraid of it. Let me practice at once. There's time now before we go to dinner. Sit down and play for me, Torvald, dear. Criticise me and correct me as you play. 
With great pleasure, if you wish me to. Now play for me. I am going to dance. Slower, slower. <laughs> I can't do it in any other way. Not so violently, Nora. <laughs> this is the way. No, 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 that is not a bit right. <laughs> Didn't I tell you so? Let me play for her. Yes, do. I can correct her better then. as if your life depended on it. So it does. Stop. Rank, this is sheer madness. Stop, I tell you. I could never have believed it. You have forgotten everything I taught you. There. You see? You will want a lot of coaching. Yes. You see how much I need it. You must coach me up until the last minute. Promise me that, Torvald. You can depend on me. You must not think of anything but me, either today or tomorrow. You mustn't open a single letter, not even open the letterbox. Ah, you are still afraid of that fellow. Yes, indeed I am. Nora, I can tell from your looks that there is a letter from him lying there. I don't know. I think there is. But you must not read anything of that kind now. Nothing horrid must come between us until this is all over. The child shall have her way. But tomorrow night, after you have danced... Then you will be free. Come, come, don't be so wild and nervous. Be my own little Skylark, as you used. Yes, dear, I will, but go in now. And you too, Dr. Rank. Christine, you must help me to do up my hair. Well? Gone out of town. I could tell from your face. He is coming home tomorrow evening. I wrote a note for him. Oh, you should have left it alone. You must prevent nothing. After all, it is splendid to be waiting for a wonderful thing to happen. What is it that you are waiting for? Oh, you wouldn't understand. Go into them. I will come in a moment. Five o'clock. Seven hours until midnight. And then, four and twenty hours until the next midnight. Then the Tarantella will be over. Twenty-four and seven. Thirty-one hours to live. Where's my little Skylark? <laughs> Here she is. The cast is as follows. Ella Merton as Nora. James Gilson as Torvald. Victoria Breach as Christine, Isaiah Mitchell as Krogstad, Isabella Guilano as Dr. Rank. Directed by Ben Newman, produced by Lucy Bug, 
and edited by Fred Baker and Chris Paston.